Welcome, everybody, to Press Me to Cancel. Today's a special episode for us. Uh, Wait, what, really? Well, yeah, I know. We do have some special moments. Tender, loving, caring moments. Don't we, Polsh? No comment. <laughs> I love you. Not on the podcast. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. Press me to cancel. <laughs> We have a special episode today. It's very special for us. We've been doing this for a couple of months now. And as is tradition for a lot of podcasts, they have a Game of the Year episode. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to start a tradition off right. I've had a few drinks. I just got back from a work Christmas party, so this will be interesting. But this is Press Me to Cancel's <laughs> Game of the Year edition. Now, what's different for us is we are, we're not just a retro gaming podcast, but it's definitely a large component. So when I say this is our Game of the Year We've each selected two games, and they could be retro or modern. We're easy, okay? More so, new to us. Exactly, new to us. So I am I am sick, Jake. I'm this week's host, but I'm not alone, of course. I'm As always, I'm joined by our usual crew. Werewolf, how you doing? I'm okay. How you doing? <laughs> Was not prepared I'm, for I'm Kermit. I'm sorry, did you, did you want me to go on longer? <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> Bert, Bert, you're yelling, Bert. And of course, we're also joined by <laughs> the Miss Piggy, the Kermit, Guy Prime of the Retro Therapy. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I've actually got two games picked out for every year since 1984, so I may have misunderstood the assignment. Oh, you're going to be late. <laughs> yeah, but knowing you, half those games are ones I, I think are bad, so it's okay. We'll get through them quickly. <laughs> yeah, nine, 91 through 2003, uh, hot garbage. <laughs> Yeah, just completely. The era of hot garbage. Mega Man 1, honestly. <laughs> and Pulse, we're joined by Pulse 109. How are you, sir? I'm kind of shy now because I said stuff I shouldn't have at the beginning of the pod. I'm, I'm good. Uh, let's just keep going. I know we've bared our hearts to each other today on this podcast. And we'll flip it over to bearing our hearts for a couple games. So I guess we've all picked our personal, you know, game of the year. New to us. That's great. Um, but maybe let's start with our our secondaries or honorable mentions and kind of go around the table and get everybody's take on that game. Uh, so let's spin the wheel. <laughs> of course you can edit that out, out later. Says you GP, you want to start? What's your honorable mention for game of the year? 2019. I hope this is allowable because it's, it's still in test phase, like pre-release kind of mode, but I, I have to mention Savage, the shard of Gozen by our friend Tober prime. no, <laughs> Bionic Commando. <laughs> no, go for it, man. Savage is... I mean, Tobar Prime is a, is a fantastic dude, man. And I love... I only played five minutes of his game, but I've watched a lot of people play it. I've been saving it for myself personally because it's early access. But if you love it, please tell us. It's awesome. It, it is awesome. And knowing Tobor is cool and having watched some of the game be created is a big connection that I have to it. But even without all of that, just completely objectively or subject whichever it is where it's just looking at it for what it is it is truly a fun experience a very well composed and thought out game if i if i'm not playing it i've thought about playing it pretty much every day since i've had access to it i have a schedule of things i try to keep but i play it a lot of my downtime outside of the stream is what i'm saying 
So I want to jump in on this one since GP mentions it. Uh, I have also put a few hours into Savage, and this is a game I cannot wait to be finished. Like, yes. I, I really, really look forward to playing this in its final form. I kind of haven't gone back to it for that very reason. Like, I bought it earlier. I, wa- I wanted to be a supporter of the game. It ended up being badass. I love what was there, but I didn't complete what was there because I want to save the game for when it's done. Like, I'd like to go back and I'm sure it'll be quite different by that point, but it'll still be like different, not mechanically, but drop rates and maybe a couple of stats will affect the play differently. But other than that, I mean, it'll be the same game. It's it's the bones are there already. Piles of bones. For those who haven't played it, what about this game makes it so stand out, I guess? Well, it's, it's retro inspired, so it's, it's definitely like a platform type. There's a lot of great... Um, Kind of like Quest, and there's an overworld map and things like that that's kind of reminiscent of, uh, dare I say, like Final Fantasy VI when it comes to the overworld. The gameplay is fun. The I don't want to say the RPG aspect, because I, I, that's, that's a big thing to say. But, you know, you do go town to town. You talk to a lot of the townspeople, and there's multiple threads to pull on from the get-go. Like, you've got the general idea. The opening scenes are very well done. But then once you start, you have different paths that you can do so in in that way it's very choose your own adventure and that's kind of the rpg aspect of it but then just with with as as werewolf mentioned the stats the different ways of lining up your inventory the way that you want to customize your playability um it just fires across a lot of different cylinders and uh, on top of that it's a beautiful looking game but uh yeah so so for me that's what it is it's great it's kind of the old school retro style platformer uh, with some RPG elements that just, it delivers. And for as much as I've played it, I still feel like I've only scratched the surface. I think there's going to be a lot of replay value in the game, uh, whether or not you want to play lightly or really go deep and try to try to get everything done. It's like uh, Zelda 2 with, I don't know, pick your favorite Igavania. Yeah. It's, it's like those two smashed together and you're good. Symphony of the Night, Aria, Sorrow, Ordi, Ecclesia, any of them. Like, pick your favorite one and it'll probably itch, like, scratch that itch. But it's it's like that smashed together with Zelda 2. And that's but still completely have. original. Like, that's the other part of it. Is yes. For as much as it kind of harkens to some of these things, um, because retro is the category, you know, that we think of it as, it's hard not to reference things that it reminds us of. But it still is this uh, very unique experience as well. Pulse, did you finish it? I think you finished the uh, the current build. No, I I wish I, I'm doing the same thing as Werewolf and kind of just I love it so much and I, I actually I've I've gotten like the hunger to play it over and over again. But I'm holding back as much as I can because I want to. But I just want to wait about it. Uh, just mainly to support Tobor and I'll I'll be frank with that. It's like I don't like early access, but this game was so satisfying that I just wanted to keep going with it. But I'm forcing myself not to because I want to. I want to do it when it's complete. So I, I'm just. Uh, <laughs> I'm basically itching to beat the whole game in one go, and I don't want to have to be like, I need more. Abstinence is fun. <laughs> I will say as well the uh, the commercial Tobar made for for that game is is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, the guy gets it. Like he's he understands kind of that that old school feeling of what is rad like you know the the kind of heart of of, of that <laughs> that you know talking about the commercial but he gets a really good idea of what makes something fun or humorous or just truly like down to the balls awesome if that makes sense anything anybody who's listening to this um if you want to check out the website or for 
buying it on Steam. We will link it here on our on our own website if you're listening on pressbeatacancel.com. Hashtag sponsored, not sponsored. Yeah. That's a good game. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> All right. It's good. Um, Quick question. Are these honorable mentions outside of our two games? No, I, I figured it'd be... Oh, okay. Like your your number one and your number two. How many games do you guys have? We have a lot of contingencies. I don't know. I just... Uh-oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Wolf, do you want to go next then? Okay. So I guess my honorable mention would really be Death Stranding. Like the walking it simulator? was a toss up because <laughs> yes, and you know what? A lot of people pick on this game, and like part of me really was like kind of letting go of the idea of picking a 2019 game because I I played like five of them, and the two big ones were this one and Man of Medan, and I'm probably only 15 hours into Death Stranding at this point. But what I have played of Death Stranding, it like it starts slow, and that's no way to sell a game to anybody. I will admit. For me, a game has to have me within two hours for me to keep playing it. And Death Stranding did that, not necessarily with the gameplay, but the story. I found the gameplay interesting, but the story really pulled me in right away. So as I started playing further and further, like I wanted to see what this world was. And as I got further into the game, digging into the story, the gameplay picked up too. And honestly, today... I guess a form of fast travel has opened up to me now and I'm I'm like building freeways and shit is it's it's really bizarre but I dig on it like <laughs> it's 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 definitely a walking simulator or a driving simulator whatever you're 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 it's traveling that's what this game is is traveling picking you're basically traveling picking up garbage along the way and taking it to whoever dropped it you basically <laughs> sounded like you were making a, you're talking about a futuristic Lord of the Rings, and I'm kind of interested. It, it, I guess that's a good way to put it. It, <laughs> I'm just making fun of the walking simulator part. <laughs> explain what the, the, the one you walk, what you have to do to keep, keep balance. Please explain. Oh, that. yes, yes. Okay. So it's possible for your character, especially the more weight he's carrying, to slip, trip, and fall. And so if he starts leaning, if his the 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 weight on his back or that what he's carrying starts leaning too far right, you have to hold L2 to get him to lean to the left and or shift the weight back and vice versa. And if he does end up slipping, you've got about a second and a half to push the buttons like <laughs> L and R both at the same time to keep him from wiping out. Because if he wipes out, his cargo falls off. It takes damage, whatever. It's so bad. It's it's silly. I do agree. It's kind of silly, but it's it's something I I don't think it's there for the purposes of like, look at this cool gameplay loop. I think it's there to keep you engaged with the walking, because if you were literally just running along from point to point, it would get boring. This is something that keeps you actively doing something in the game, but it's not high action, high octane. It's like it's just keeping you it's keeping your attention without assaulting your senses and i think that's kind of what the purpose was like the gameplay wise I, I i can't i can't stand it but the the story the characters from the baby strapped in a jar in your on your chest to the the guy you're talking <laughs> to with a straight face he's wearing a metal skull on his face uh del toro's in it conan o'brien's fucking in it i mean you have a, a canteen that collects rainwater and turns it not into drinkable water, but into monster energy drink. Monster energy drink. I do think that's ridiculous. The, 
Your canteen converts rain or river water into monster energy drink. What the hell? You have to urinate, and when you urinate, there's a mushroom appears, and if other people see their mushroom in their instance, they can pee on it, and it gets bigger. Yeah, and it, it spawns cryptobiotes that let you regain health. <laughs> like, this is the most amazing, fantastic game of the year that I will never, ever want to play, but I love, <laughs> I love watching it. It is so batshit and Shane, you can't help but love this game. I can completely understand people not wanting to jump into this game. I get it. But for me, I, I like weird shit. I'm a weird dude. Like, I'm target audience. <laughs> I think that um, <laughs> there is some science to support, if I remember the documentary correctly, um, the energy drink thing, because you can use that as uh, to, to water your plants. Because from what I understand, it has electrolytes in the energy drink. And that's what plants crave. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, damn it. So this comes out for the PC. When this comes out for the PC, people are going to mod it. And I'm telling you, the first person that replaces Monster Energy Drink with Canada's own Beaver Buzz, I will I will give them at least five bucks. I think I need to email Beaver Buzz. <laughs> We're either going to try to get sponsored or we owe them money. One of the two. Uh, they haven't tweet- tweeted in like three years. It's okay. We're good. Okay. So maybe Jolt. <laughs> should we change it to Jolt? <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't have that, that lore behind it anymore. No, that's true. But uh, yeah, this this game, it's it's definitely the more you do, the faster the gameplay loop gets. And I know that sounds kind of weird, but honestly, I played for a couple hours off stream today just because I wanted to like get some of the mundane stuff done but not major story because I'm trying to save that for an audience, you know? What can be mundane in this game? Seriously. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you can't even walk right. The, the, the poop grenades. Explain the poop grenades, please. Oh my gosh, yes. There's so many weird things in this game. So you're, the main character <laughs> the main character has some qualities to his blood and just his genetics in general that make it to where his waist is even a viable weapon against what they call BTs or beached things, the the ghosties of the game. Yeah, mine too. You can you can basically hurl little grenades made out of either your pee, <laughs> your poop, or even your shower water. And I'm guessing they have varying degrees of yeah, effectiveness. There you go. Um, I imagine none of them are as good as your blood grenades. <laughs> They're a plus three to damage. <laughs> And I realize that everything I'm saying about this game is probably just making people scratch their head. Like, what the hell is this about? No one knows. He, he's still trying hey, to figure that out. That's why. I really am. But I'm I'm so into the story. I'm yeah. so into the upgrade system. Like, I've I've managed to actually upgrade my weapons today after stream, get access to better upgrades for like carrying capacity and things like that by just running errands for people. But it'll definitely speed up the pace of gameplay for later. So at the last of us, you get the spare parts and this one, you get fiber. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chipotle for dinner, poop grenades plus two. <laughs> no, but they don't even like all, all I've seen him eat are those little bugs, the crypto biotes that just look like, what are they called? Water bears. Oh, tardigrades? Tardigrades, yeah. Uh, they just look like giant float, and I say giant because tardigrades are so damn small. They're, they're like the size of a caterpillar. But they're just tardigrade 
looking flying grubs that you can pull out of what are apparently land coral <laughs> and eat. So <laughs> game of the, the year. This game is weird. I, I'm really digging on it and I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. So well, I, I will say this. My my son, I have a four year old son who who's somewhat coordinated, but not at high speeds. So now whenever he starts tripping over himself, I'm just going to start yelling, L2, L2. <laughs> <laughs> L2 and R2, quick. Yeah, have a second. I'm, I'm intrigued. I, I've, I've watched you play some of this, and I remember scratching my head because of the words, your bodily fluids pose no harm to him. And I remember thinking, what is this? And now I know a little bit more. <laughs> well, I, I don't know anymore, but I, I have more information, and I'm very intrigued. This This game is very much like, a David Lynch oh. experience on crack. It's just out there. Yeah, Pulse. Any thoughts on Death Stranding? I'm I'm kind of with uh, Werewolf there. I, it's so out there that I just want to pay attention more because it's like I, I shake my head at everything that I've seen happen in this game. But at the same time, I don't want to look away. I want to see what he's going to do next. It's like the Howard Stern effect kind of thing <laughs> you know when he first came along <laughs> and everybody's like you know the shock jockey that's what it's like it's like a shock shock jockey kind of thing but for a video game is he really doing this because he wants to or is it just to keep people guessing because i'm i'm constantly just questioning things no i i think this is legit hideo kojima without being saddled by lore from metal gear yeah right he got to create a brand new existence, a brand new universe, and run with it. Yeah, and I mean, Metal Gear, as great as they are, like they have so many like historical tie-ins and stuff like that, especially with you know history and you know war and stuff like that. But yeah, even then, they've had some so many WTF moments in those games, and it's making those look realistic, <laughs> like hyper realistic. <laughs> so I, I, I just yeah, no, I just. I'll never play it, but I am enjoying watching it. And I'll Same. never play it just because I don't have PS4. Or so. Is is anybody checking in on Kojima to make sure that he's okay? I'm feeling like maybe there there might be some red flags in the game about his... I just hope he's okay. Hideo, if you're listening, we care. And thank you for your creativity. <laughs> he did outright... I think he did outright respond to the negative reviews he was getting from the Western press and said that Westerners don't get it or Americans don't get it or something like that. It's like that's a little bit pretentious to say. Yeah. It's like it's it's clearly not a game for everybody. Yeah. And that's fine. Not every game has to there be. There you go. I love that. Thank you for saying that word. But but this is a game for me. <laughs> yeah. I see it. And it's a it's a definitely a good choice. Like there's comments the commentary in that game with the like system and the roving mules that are former package delivery guys. Like there's things oh, yeah. in that game that are weird, but I can see where he's coming from as a commentary on on the way the world is today, but to the extreme and where it's headed yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. I mean, it if you if you start like really thinking about the world that's built around what's like the weird circumstances in the world, you start to kind of get an idea of where he's coming from on the social commentary side of things. Right. But it's still got that weird like Silent Hill story going on out of left field that's constantly like what is happening? Yeah, um, it's it's definitely one of a kind. We'll put it that way. Yes. Uh, I was I was going to say the last thing and it's something I said in GP stream earlier is that a lot of games active skills are reflexes and memory. 
This game's active skills are patience and planning. And poop. <laughs> Which is planning and patience, depending on uh, your bowel system. I'm going to eat this, not for now, but for later. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Pulse, how about you? What's your honorable mention for Game of the Year? Oh, it, it was tricky because I don't like playing favorites. I, someone ever asked me what my favorite game is, I can give you a different answer depending on my mood or depending on what category. So picking one was really tricky. So I'm going to go with one I'm still playing now, and it's, uh, I've only been playing for the last week, but that's how addicted I am for a runner-up. That's what we're doing, right? Runners-up? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah. So I'm going with Resident Evil 2 Remake. I could easily say it's game of the year for me, but I've got I've got a reason behind that I'll explain later. But this one is it's hitting the nostalgia buttons on and off at the perfect intervals. Like it's just it's it's got me like Resident Evil 2 is kind of where I started falling in love with horror games and movies. I used to be terrified, sleep with my parents every night because I was scared that zombies are going to kill us if I don't, you know, if I don't sleep with somebody <laughs> and uh you know until i was like you know 32 years old it's crazy um can't sleep clown will eat <laughs> exactly <laughs> but uh so like resident evil 2 has always been my favorite it's it's kind of the uh the chrysalis the the catalyst sorry uh for me falling in love with an entire genre of games and it was part of my childhood so i i knew this game better than most other games i've ever played so I only got to play this recently. Like, I only got it about a week ago. I went in completely blind. All my friends were streaming it, and as much as I wanted to support them, I, w I couldn't watch. I couldn't even leave a lurk up because I just wanted to watch. It, I just, I'm in love with it. It's the, the perfect amount of nods to the original and the perfect amount of updating to not have it so dated. So they try to cover a lot of things that, you know, the original you call campy because... You know, this and that. Like, why is the police station so convoluted and stuff? And this one, like they mentioned, it's, you know, built out of uh, an old art museum and stuff. So they they oh, kind of take the cool. the original one. And, yeah, they, they kind of just try to put it in reality a little bit more and not just hey, say, you know, hey, we're going to do this and this is how it is just because, like, you know, we're going to make this fun. But it's not really realistic, you know. But the puzzles and stuff like that, they kind of fit in more. And... The gameplay is just great. It's satisfying. The graphics are beautiful. Um, every now and then, like you, you're thrown for a loop because you you expected it to be like carbon copy with better graphics and new new engine, but like they changed things up. But at the same time, they kept it so much the same that it feels like you're playing that game, and it it just blows my mind. I can't get enough of it. I can talk about it for hours, and like I just want to talk about it with other fans that are huge fans of it, because there's so many little nods, and I'm on my second playthrough now, <laughs> and I'm catching on to stuff that I never caught the first time. I, I was nervous going through it. I didn't want to get scared. I didn't want to run out of ammo. I didn't want to die, you know? And after that, you start getting confidence, and next thing you know, you, you get cocky, and the more thing, you know, your first playthrough is like seven or eight hours, the next time, four, and the next time after that is two and a half. Like, you get comfortable with it, and it's not that it gets boring, it's just you understand the system. Adapted itself the same way as me playing the original, so I, I think it's just so many levels of nostalgia for me that I can't get enough of it. Did they change the tank controls in this one? Did they get rid of that? or Doesn't it control more like Resident Evil 4 now? 
It's more like four, yeah. It's kind of somewhere in between seven and four for controls because you're doing third person over the shoulder. But I mean, third person over the shoulder is like a much better tank control anyways because it's the same control scheme, but your view is different. So the tank controls were necessary in the original ones because otherwise every time the camera angle changed, you'd go veer off course. So it's kind of integral to it. And that became part of the series. People complained about it and complained about it, and then when they took it out in Resident Evil 6, all of a sudden, people were like, this sucks, you know, and that's part of it. I, I think the tank controls were part of the uh, the immersion for me. You don't, you can't jump around like you're Mario and, you know, pop off of different things and stuff, so the, the control kind of limits you, and it kind of adds to the suspense, because you can't have these amazing reflexes, you know, so you have to plan your movements more. Yeah, Resident Evil is as much about the controls and the style than anything else, I think. That's why when they did Shmoo 3 recently coming out, people were kind of harping on it and complaining about it because it's kind of dated in gameplay. But it's a Shmoo game, right? Or Shinmoo, however you want to say it. And it feels like that game from, what, 13 years ago. So they, they knew the style they're going for, and the people who like that series like it for that particular style. I think Resident right. Evil is the same way. Yeah, and uh, when they when they listened to enough people and changed it in Resident Evil Six, that's you know that's the worst game in the franchise, and <laughs> <laughs> and like it's, it was like Final Fantasy Thirteen for me. I never gave it a second try, and I don't want to. So two is a game I've yet to really do much with. I have I haven't even done much looking into it because that's another one I've wanted to keep pretty much blind for myself, just because two was my favorite of the Resident Evil series. Yeah, and that that's exactly why I stayed away from it. So uh, if you were a fan of the original, then I think you will thoroughly enjoy this one. Cool. Yeah, for me, it was the third one. Nemesis is the one I played when I was younger. I never really got a chance to play two. My uncle was huge into it, though. I, it's one where I want to go back and play it now, or at least play the remake, because everybody's been raving about it. Like This game is incredibly popular for Capcom. They've been killing it this past year. Um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to playing it. Yeah, and I also felt a little guilty for my game of the year being from this actual year, so. (laughs) (laughs) What what a backwards thing that is when we get to that point where we're like, I want to do game of the year, but I don't know about doing it for this year. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, what a great year. That year was 1989. (laughs) No, I'm with you guys. Resident Evil 2 for me was my introduction to the series, but it was, it still has maintained as my favorite I've seen some of the, the remake, and it looks dope as hell, but kind of like Polsch, I eventually want to get to it, but I haven't really sat down and watched it yet, Now he, you know, because I want to play through it. But uh, yeah, if, it, if it's as great as everybody says it is, which I believe it will be, I'm excited for it. I just don't know if um, I will get uh, exiled for playing a 2019 game on a retro-themed channel. <laughs> so I Rebranded the modern therapy. Yeah. I, I, yeah, just make a second channel, the modern therapy. It, it, maybe, maybe. So we'll see. Anyway, be I, lo- I love to. The I just want to play it anyway therapy. Right, yeah, I'll just give you my stream key. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hi everybody. This is Paul One Hundred Nine. I have a cold, and that's all I'm going to say. I love Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Drink Beaver Buzz. <laughs> just give him. Just give him your little uh, talking face, and you're good to go. yeah all right uh i guess that's me now so my honorable mention for me jake 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 what's your honorable mention (laughs) well i thank you for asking i wasn't sure if anybody was going to so uh, so for me it's tough because i'm 
terrible with starting games and never finishing them. Like, I'm really bad at it. And I always complain about companies that release games that are, I want to say too long, but maybe it's more accurate to say that they don't respect the player's time, right? I mean, I'm older. I got kids. I work. I don't have a lot of time to play games. And if I play one, it's got to be really good for me to finish it. And I don't want to spend 80 hours anymore on these things. I love JRPGs, but they're too much of a time sink for me. So it's been very tough this past year to find a game that I can finish in and enjoy in a short time frame. Uh, the longest game I played this year was probably Fallen Empires. Not Fallen Empires. Fire <laughs> Emblem. I've had a few. I'll say that again. But uh, there is one game that was uh, just the other week came out. And it's Je- uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And I was so done on Star Wars after Last Jedi. Uh, and Solo <laughs> especially. Like I had zero interest. The new movie's coming out in a couple of weeks. My wife wanted to go see it. And I'm like, eh, do we have to? Can, can I just... <laughs> Can we just like, you know, watch it on Netflix a year from now? And I was done. Uh, but between Mandalorian and Jedi Fallen Order, the game, it's put me in such a mood. Like we went and got the fanciest freaking tickets. I spent $30 on movie tickets. I never do that. <laughs> I am down for Star Wars now. Disney has hooked me again. The son of a bitches. So Fallen Order is, it is honorable mention because there is nothing groundbreaking about it. Uh, they're taking the best elements or or elements from various different games. Like the climbing reminds me of Breath of the Wild a little bit or Uncharted. Uh, there's a checkpoint system that is very Dark Souls inspired. Combat reminds me when you swing the lightsaber around like you're Geralt from Witcher 3. They took in a lot of elements from various different games and smished it all together. You say token? But with a really great soundtrack and a really good <laughs> he game. He did say token. It's adorable. <laughs> well, he he also you? said sums of bitches. <laughs> Sums of bitches. Look, I get a little bit emotional when I've had a few to drink and I'm talking about my Star Wars. I love Wars, the passion. Okay. Yeah. Baby Yoda is amazing. What's no, wrong with you? I haven't watched people? it. I haven't watched monsters. it. I haven't watched it. Oh, Me spoilers. Okay. <laughs> wow. All right. Good, Stop great. the podcast. Okay. Let's go watch let's, it. Let's, I'm not on the Star Wars hype train by any means, but I'm probably more into Star Wars now than I ever was growing up. So take that. Take that as you will. Getting back on track, Fallen Order looks pretty cool. It does look good. And that's got that actor, yeah, right? And uh, the guy I don't from Shadow's name. With punchable, punchable face. Yeah. Punchable the face. not Joker Joker <laughs> from Gotham. Yeah. Yeah. Or he, the kid from Click. He's a fine actor, but his face wants me to want to hit him in the he's face. He's an amazing actor. And I, I feel bad I can't think of his name because he. I think it's Cameron Monaghan. Does that sound right? That yeah, sounds... I think that's it. Sounds about it. Callahan Monaghan? Let me check my Callahan Instagram Monahan, because I actually I follow him. Oh, we're sorry if you ever actually hear this episode, sir. We yeah. just—I really liked you. The one thing Gotham. they did was re- <laughs> <laughs> you're fantastic. Cameron, yeah, Cameron Ma- uh, Monahan. Yeah, and what they did was really neat in this game with the graphics. The graphics are quite a bit—the uh, very high quality—and uh, they even run on my potato of a computer upstairs. I'm really impressed. But what I like about the character models themselves is they digitized very accurately the faces of the voice actors. So there's a um, a comedian, Deborah Wilson, and an actress. She used to be on Mad TV. Very funny person. She's one of the characters in this, playing a very serious role. And it's she nails it. And it looks just like her. They did an amazing job. Wow. So, like, the characters in this game are very relatable. They're very well done. The The overall story, uh, it's Star Wars, right? Like, it's, it's cheesy. It's a little bit hokey. But it's Star Wars. And there's a lot of parallels to, like, Rogue One as the, the standalone movie. Because it was standalone... They had to solve their story within that that one movie, and it felt really tight. 
this game's the same thing. It, it's in the Star Wars universe, but it's its own contained story. It's relevant to the whole lore, I guess, if you want to say that. But it stands on its own so well. And I, I think it's just really great. And then, like, the mechanics, you can play like a Dark Souls. You can jack the difficulty up. If you like the Souls-style game, you can do that. Me, personally, I don't have the patience for it. I tried. I died to this one frog three times, and I threw the controller. <laughs> and I said to easy. And then I played the story, and the story was fantastic. You know what? I can appreciate the the single-serving stories like that, though. Not every single experience out there needs to be like a 12-part saga. Sometimes you want a one-and-done kind of story. Experience it. Have the good times. Give it an ending. Don't leave leave the audience hanging with every single entry. Every word you just said, werewolf, sounds like a one-night stand. Get out there, have your fun, (laughs) give it an ending. Don't leave people hanging <laughs> and be done with it. Don't take it to breakfast. Is that how that works? <laughs> I've been doing it wrong. <laughs> That's because you're polite, Polish. Right. You don't need her to get pregnant and going to the dark side. And Just not d- Forgive <laughs> me, but uh, the actress that you were saying was from Mad TV. Your answer to this is going to depend. It's going to determine whether or not I play this game. Is it the actress who played Stuart's mom? No, it's um, Deborah Wilson. Um, I'm struggling to think of what character she played on Mad TV. Oh, she did the uh with Sullivan. I can't remember her first name. The blonde woman. They did the uh Now Nicole Sullivan I remember cuz she was on Scrubs. Yeah. Okay, so Deborah Wilson I believe did uh a few ske- sketches with Nicole Sullivan as hairdressers? Oh, you know, I see her. Yeah, I just yeah, she's wonderful. Okay, I'll probably I'll, Yeah. Not, yeah. She was I was just going to say if it's Stewart's mom, I'm not going to be able to play the game. <laughs> no it's not okay her. yeah but it, it's a really solid title like i said gameplay not revolutionary no but they took the best elements of various series and mashed it together it's great it's also got one of the greatest intros i think of a game in recent memory it opens up with mongolian uh folk uh, throat singing and i know that sounds fun just trust me it's it's a great game for sure all right uh moving along i guess let's get to our now, number one's our official game of the year, games. Circle back around a GP. Thank you. I forgot who we started with. <laughs> no, this is... Um, I'm helping hands. <laughs> this is my, my game of the year. Um, the, the, okay, there's my official one, then there's one I have to make mention of. Not the honorable mention, but something I want to address because uh, it's important. But my game of the year is River City Ransom Underground. And you guys know exactly why I'm going to say that, because... <laughs> uh, before the podcast existed, before we were pressed B to cancel, we were four buddies playing that game together, River City Ransom Underground. And when we beat the game, uh, not only was it fun, not only was it, you know, a great callback to the OG River City Ransom, but playing it with you guys and all the updates and all the things that they did were so well executed. But by the time it was done, I was let down that it was done. I wanted there to be more and more and more and more. So I was having so much fun. And I remember the conversation after we beat it, the four of us was like, well, do we play it again or do we play something else? And then, of course, the podcast idea came up. And, um, of course, it was a great idea and it's it's been a lot of fun. But I want to say I, the podcast idea came up like the second or third time we played. Oh, yeah. And we just kind of were like, yeah, okay. But I mean, like pulling the, yeah, <laughs> pull, pulling the trigger on it and saying, no, let's do this. Because even though we can't say any of the stuff we played while playing the game, we, we all had <laughs> enough chemistry or whatever to do this. So uh, that was my favorite uh, new gaming experience of the year. And uh, 
a big part of it is because of you guys. But I mean, the game itself was tremendous and it was so lighthearted and fun, but absurd, like the absurd level of, of that game. Not quite as bizarre as the Kojima entry from earlier, but really like just such a great continuation of what it was back then and adding in a bunch of new flair. And you can tell it was made by people who loved and cared about the original, and I like that. It came through, and it was, to me, like I said, the best gaming experience I've had for a newer game. Nobody can... Y'all are crying, huh? (laughs) (laughs) And then the other thing I have to say real quick, and I'm just uh, just very briefly, we don't have to have a discussion about it. (laughs) I I want to apologize to anybody who's ever encouraged me to play uh, Super Ghouls and Ghosts. The retrotherapy, we've been doing a year of blind playthroughs, and so my, like, fringe game of the year is Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Played it in May for the first time, or April, as a blind run. Never wanted to play it, didn't look interesting. Fucking love that game. I was way wrong. Game of the year in my heart, Super Ghouls and Ghosts. But for new game of the year, River City Ransom Underground. For River City, there's um, one just came out, River City Girls came out by but it's different but studio and it's not the same and i was when i heard that title like oh another river city game i was so hyped for it and it's not a bad game the reviews seem okay on it but it doesn't play anything like the four-player co-op like just shit show (laughs) that river city underground is and i was like sad like actually sad that i couldn't play with you guys and that it wasn't the same spark right so i think that's very telling what the original was really great fun and just absurd characters like, isn't a, a principal a bobo is in it? <laughs> yeah, a bobo is principal. A bobo teach bad student lessons. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. The humor is he on point. He through the walls like, Kool- like Kool-Aid man, just like in Double Dragon. <laughs> yeah. It was it was great. It was a wonderful experience. I, I hope that you guys, I, it sounds like Sick Jake did, but I hope you guys all enjoyed it as much as Oh, yeah, that, as did, that yeah. game, it, it hit so many notes. It, it had random nods to just so many things of like so mm-hmm. many various beloved franchises of yesteryear and, and some deep cuts like oh yeah over your head stuff yeah it was great there was so many things there was so many references that like one of us would catch that the others didn't and it would be like oh yeah and i even i played through this game probably two full times once with you guys uh once with another friend of mine and probably another two halfway through like once with just Paul's before we did the all four of us thing and then once just by myself right that's how much i like this game it's just satisfying because they they fixed they like they took what was great about it and then just improved on it because it was just a labor of love kind of deal and the music music oh, was yeah. just as great as everything else Ton, tons of characters yeah, tons of characters everybody had their own unique attacks Dozen playable characters after you unlock everybody. Wow. Yeah. yeah. One guy does a Hadoo Glenn. I mean, come <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah. And then there's these, you know, uh, well, there's, you know, the Chads who are like all just completely <laughs> jacked and doing push ups with their chins to hit you. And it's just, it's the right level of crazy. And the the operating, not the operating system, but the, but the, the way in which you have to accomplish stuff uh, or level up is, is fantastic. You can go to saunas. You can go and eat beef jerky. It, it, I can't really describe it very well and do it justice, but you guys know. And if you've played it, then you get it. But if you haven't played it, uh, get with it. Act like you want it. Download it. Play it. <laughs> find some friends and uh, make some connections because it's fun. 
Like, add it to your wish list or something and keep an eye out for a deal on this game if you're hesitant. But, I mean, it it hits a deep sale a number of times a year. So this is a highly recommended one to get your hands on. And, like, the original River City Ransom, I tried playing that after we played the, the new one, right? And I don't like the original at all. <laughs> like, at all. But but Underground's awesome. A fantastic game. I wanted to play it again. Like, But the original, just something about it didn't click. Like this new one does. It's weird. It's kind of like uh, Borderlands 2. I can't go back to Borderlands the same because it's, yeah. they just made the second one so much better. Yeah, And I hate it because I love that game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Wolf, how about you? What's your game of the year of 2019? Um, You know what? The the game that I first like that it, the, another new game to me this year. And I mean, I'm keeping it relatively recent right now. Not on purpose. It just happened to be like I've played a lot of older games and I was playing a lot of games that were completely new to me this year, catching up on stuff on my PS4. So Dad of War. Yeah. God of War for the PS4. That <laughs> That's the one that got me. It did. But I mean, it's this story about Kratos and his son and the relationship they don't have that becomes one by the end of the game and just the overall game itself the gameplay is a lot of fun the combat was interesting and kept refreshing itself throughout the game because you got access to new new stuff but it didn't feel like you were burdened by the combat or anything you know i don't know the the story between the father and son it it got me right in the feels and i mean maybe that's because i have a 5 year old son of my own i don't know but i was like man and there were points where I was, I was, <laughs> boy, there were points where I was <laughs> mad at Kratos for being such an ass to his son, Atreus. And then there were points where I was mad at Atreus for being such a dick to dad. So, you know, <laughs> it, it's almost like real life. <laughs> I, I actually cared about all the characters in this game. Like if there were, there was the blacksmiths. They were interesting and fun. One of them is just this crass, dirty old uncle type of bastard. And the other one is a total germaphobe, neat freak kind of guy. They're both very interesting stories. Like the lore behind the world. It's I mean, they make pretty deep cuts into the Norse mythology. And it's all super cool. It's pretty spot on as far as what they pulled and built off of. I, I This was my first God of War. I haven't played any of them prior to this. It might be a step down from here on in. Just fair warning. <laughs> what do you mean? You started at a high. Oh yes, yes, know. yeah. I, but I had I had no connection with the characters prior to this, so it's not like you know. I knew a lot of people who played the old God of War games, and they were like, "Oh man, Kratos is so cool!" Blah, blah, blah. And then I never got into it. it wasn't I, It wasn't the type of game I was looking for at the time. And this year, it it hit all the right notes for me, and I was so pleased to play through it. The voice actor um, of Kratos, Christopher Judge, oh, yes. is, uh, he's by Teal on Stargate. Mm -hmm. He is so good. And the voice acting overall in the, in the game is really good. But you're right. When he says, boy, I'm like, oh, it just hits all those notes. Indeed. And it's just like such a spectacle of a game with the, the fights and whatnot. It's just a it is it's it almost got me to buy a PS4. I made a commitment to the PC gaming this generation. I told myself I would not get another Xbox or PS4. And it's been so hard because <laughs> Sony has been knocking them out, those exclusives that are really fantastic. And, and God of War almost had me. I've, I'm dying to play it. Yeah, I think I'm the only one here who's played that one. So we don't have to dwell on it too long. Basically, if you haven't played it and you can do so, please. 
So, Paul, how about you? What's your game of the year for 2019? Uh, my game of the year, I was thinking hard and long about this in that in that order. Um, no, not really. Um, <laughs> I I couldn't decide for a while, but I wanted to give this something. I couldn't decide between Resident Evil 2, which I've only been playing for last week, and something else. But I'm going with Hollow Knight. And the reason I gave this the edge over Resident Evil 2 was not because I enjoyed it better because they're both I can't I can't compare them to two different games they're they're both just so good but uh I like the fact that Hollow Knight first off it's an indie game that hit it big and for damn good reason because it's just an amazing game it hits so many like buttons again I I just like you know if you liked Castlevania Symphony of the Night which I loved of course and the Ecovanias this one is like a completely different storyline it is the best metroidvania i've played that's not you know a castlevania basically <laughs> and um i i just really thought that after i reading up on it and discussing with people what they did when they developed this game and how they've worked with it i didn't know this was a kickstarter game until i was halfway through and i'm really wary of kickstarter games for the most part but i mean that's only because I tried to buy something on Kickstarter once and I got burned. So I just said, oh, it's all garbage. Uh, so Hot <laughs> garbage. Is bliss. Hot garbage, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I really like the fact that they destroyed their Kickstarter goal and as a result, they added extra content. They have free DLC, which is is the only way to do DLC personally. I can't, I can't stand the concept of a DLC. For me, it's just like, oh, why are you selling an incomplete game that's, you know, stretching it out and trying to make money in the meantime and try to keep the buzz going. Like, the, I, I'm just very negative when it comes to DLC. And I like how they did it because first off, it was free. Second off, it was great. It wasn't just like a cheap uh, extension of the game. There's just so many great ways that they did it, and apparently that they're working on a spinoff or a sequel. I don't know what to call it, but the people that that contributed to the original Kickstarter campaign for Hollow Knight apparently get the new game for free. Oh wow! Yeah, that's so cool. it's little things like yeah, and so like these indie devs are, I think they're doing it everything right, and that's I think. Capcom made Resident Evil 2 remake and it is amazing and they know what they're doing. They've made many mistakes along the way, but they're also one of the biggest names in the world. These guys are, you know, I've never heard of them before. This is the game that they are famous for and that's pretty much the only game they got and they're killing it. And I just really wanted to throw my support to them because I think it's amazing. So I'm looking forward to anything else that they put out in the future and uh, just wanted to spread that, spread that, uh, enthusiasm to anybody who hasn't played it to definitely check it out because retro inspired first off and it is like i said one of a kind for a metro metroidvania which is not an easy thing to do your your cartoon bugs and the story is really deep considering how cartoony and how innocent it is it can be at the same time really gothic and really morose but still makes you feel good and makes you happy to play it it's definitely got a style man oh, uh, yeah. like the whole world of the bugs and the grubs and that the color palette is very very specific it to me it screams of like tim burton with bugs yes yes i like that that's 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 a great analogy there yeah it's one where i i don't think i gave it a fair shake when it first came out and i have to go back and play it because I, I did try it but i found it 
a little bit on the difficult side, or at least initially, and I think I fell off it, but I have to go back and try it. I can see how that happened. What platform were you playing on? Uh, it was PC. Oh, okay. So you've got a nice big chunky controller, because I was going to say, if you're playing on Switch, those Joy-Cons are not going to do you any favors. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Games like this, you need to have a big controller where it's easy to get from button to button and maneuver the joypad. Your hand's not going to too easily cramp up. This was the game that I probably first streamed when I started really getting into streaming. I had a lot of fun with this game, but for me, my biggest issue with the game is just how samey the color palettes are sometimes. I legit could not see enemies on certain screens. Yeah, it can get tricky like that. Uh, That's probably more a me issue than an issue with the game itself. So... I don't, it's not something I hold against the game. That was just my issue with the game. But the boss fights and a lot of the level design and everything, the the world building, it was all so much cool, so much fun, so cool. The boss fights in general, specifically, I just, they were so much fun to learn and figure out and master. Save for like maybe one of them that just pissed me off to no end until I beat it after a dozen attempts. The boss fights... Some of them were brutal, and it came. It harkened back to the days of NES Hard, where you stick through it and you get spidey and you want to beat it. And when you finally do, it's just such a satisfaction that you're just proud of yourself and you keep going. And I think the more bosses that you fight and the more that you struggle with it, I think that makes it just the more you want to play it. I also like that this game sort of encouraged the player to be a little bit more mindful of where they traveled ate up one of your active charm slots or maybe two or three of your active charm slots to first off be able to see the map when you're running around or maybe see which Mm -hmm. room you're in or see your specific location things like that yeah otherwise you didn't get that you just got to see the map and i that might have been a charm too now i think about it but i'm not sure uh you had you could look at the map anytime you wanted but to see where you were in relation to everything you had to use one of the charms so yeah yeah, so so that was always on for me. Me too. I was so lost the few times I elected to go without that thing. I was like, I don't know what room I'm in. I have no idea. So I just started keeping it. It became a staple. You very much have to have that as far as I'm concerned. It The world is, oh God, I want to say it is Huge. three times bigger than I expected. <laughs> and I'm not, and like, you know. I was about a quarter of the way through the game, and I thought I was half done. I thought I was like three quarters of the way done. And my friend saw my map, and he said, oh, yeah, you're doing good. You're about 30% in. I'm like, what? Wow. (laughs) Yeah, and so so (laughs) it's it's a big game, and it's challenging. It'll take you a while, uh, but it is worth every penny, I think. It's just great. And then there's the the challenge areas where, like, the, the platforming. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't know if you did many of those or any of them, but I did. I remember doing the one where everything is white and it's like a lot of clouds and stuff and you you got to jump on buzz saws and everything. It's a lot of platforming, a lot of perfectly timed attacks to things that'll hurt you to bounce up off of them and keep platforming. I had a lot of fun with it. It was very difficult, but also it I felt very accomplished after completing it. Yeah, the controls for that they're so tight in the best way so if you die you're like 
That was my fault. Yeah. That was my fault. You're never going to throw the controller and, you know, like the Castlevania mode, like when you're playing the original Castlevania games and you get thrown off because something hits you mid jump and stuff. No, it's nothing like that. It's just, it's challenging on a whole different level. Like Dark Souls combat was always difficult, but I always felt if I died, I felt a lot of time I died because of the slowdown of the, the animations. It wasn't, it was fluid, but there wasn't as much control over your movements. Yeah. Whereas with Hollow Knight, I mean, there's obvious Dark Souls inspiration here, but combat is fast and, like you said, controls very tight, and you're precise with your movements, right? You have full control of your character, and if you're right, if you die, and I died lots, <laughs> never did I say it's because the game has bad controls or gameplay. It's just it's just too hard for me. But it was again my fault. Yeah, exactly. So it, it is definitely. It's just one of those games where I, I don't really have a complaint about it, except for the fact that it's just, there's so much that I want to do. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, there's so much to it and getting like 100% on everything. It is, it is a big pill to swallow if you want to do that. So. All right. Awesome. I guess that leaves us so Jake. Me. Yeah. Bring it home, Jake. Jake, what are you, what All right, are you, well, man? Sorry. I was going back to GP laughing at my games, my game when I mentioned what it was. So for me, for me, my game of the year, it's not new to me, but I played it a whole lot this year. And I got to start by saying, I don't like beat-em-ups. Everybody raves about Streets of Rage and Final Fight and all those games. I don't like them. I never really got into them. The only one that I really cared for, and it came from when I was a kid, my friend had a Master System, and I had a lot of fun memories going to his place to play it. And the one game we played quite a bit was Double Dragon. My game of the year is Double Dragon for the Master System. See, I thought you were just building up. I thought no. you were going to start talking about something more recent. So, <laughs> no, if it wasn't I, for the fact that uh, I knew what you were going to say, I no. would be like, huh? <laughs> I've not played this game. I never really played much Double Dragon in general. What I did play was when I was younger, and I sucked at it, and it was on the NES. Like, that's the one I played. Yeah. And I even cheesed my way through that game i want to say last year late last year with uh save states because i finally got fed up with trying to do a full single setting of that game i just couldn't do it i'm hoping the master system version is better otherwise i'm calling shenanigans on your choice <laughs> <laughs> for once people are disagreeing with me that never happens uh so okay you're, you're right so the, i've been trying to get into the nes double dragon because i know that's the most common one people have been playing the problem I have with that port of the game is, and we mentioned before in the podcast, Nintendo, when they brought certain franchises over to the NES, they kind of insisted there'd be something more unique or additions made to the game to separate it from the other versions. Because Double Dragon as, a, as an IP or as the first one has been ported to literally everything. If you, if you want a, a, a hot garbage time, it's the Skyrim play Double of the, Dragon of port. Mid 80s. Yeah, we'll play the Atari 2600 version. It exists, it uses one button and a joystick, and if you play Double Dragon on the NES, you know that you you really should have three buttons for that game, right? In order to jump, you need to push A and B at the same time. It's terrible. The Atari only has one button. <laughs> you have an automatic jump kick as soon as you do anything with the jumping, so. Right, but you have to unlock it in the NES version. But so the Master System, to get off, don't not to get too far off track, they are different games. Um, the NES has technical limitations with it. Right? The reason I like the Master System one, oh, I know, never heard of that before. 8-bit systems being crappy, what? But the Master <laughs> System version uh, was co-op. You could play with a friend. In fact, it was meant to be played with a friend. Oh, wow. It's on-screen co-op. 
as well. The NES version had a restriction of, I want to say, two enemies at once on screen. And they were almost, I think they had to be the same sprite when they did it. So if you, oh it was two of Bobo's. goodness, I two think of the, you're right. Yeah. So the sprites looked a little bit better on the NES mm. versus Master System. But you only had two enemies on the screen at one time. So, I mean, that and for whatever reason, Nintendo, I guess, for that port had shoehorned in some platforming elements, which were terrible, right? And jumping in that game oh, is yeah. bad. And it's bad in the Master System as well. But nowhere in the Master System version is there moving platforms <laughs> or things you have to navigate. The only jump that's really a pain in the butt is the Mission 3. You're in the jungle area or forest area, and there's a bridge broken. You have to jump across it. That's the only real tricky jump. Oh, that one sucked it. on the Otherwise, NES jumping's too. optional. Yeah, yeah, but the NES had so many other jumps that were just terrible. Yes. Right, so my system has co-op, first off. Uh, I want to say three enemies max on screen, if not four. And you can have uh, different enemies on screen at once. Um, th- the first level, the end boss is a, a red Bobo, and there's another guy on the screen, uh, or two, one or two guys on the screen at the same time, I believe. But it's it's great for that. I played a lot of Double Dragon in the arcades when I was a kid. Uh, it was Double Dragon, and it was a lot of uh, Rampage, the original Rampage. Nice. And this is very true to the arcade. It does not look as nice. The sprites are designed quite different. But the stage layout and the music is almost spot on, or at least nostalgia tells me it was very similar to the arcade game. Hmm. It's also easier. Uh, it's, well, more forgiving. The NES version, I say that w- there's no continues, I think, in that one. No, there are not. Right. And that's ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> really, that's stupid. Okay. That's hard for no reason. I could not agree more. Right. So Master System, you have unlimited continues uh, for the first three missions. There's only four missions. You have unlimited continues for the first three. It's only at the fourth mission that whatever you had, uh, you, you have to you finish the fourth mission. Force, force, um, wow, I've had a few. The fourth mission, you have to use your remaining lives, and that's all you get. So if hmm. you finish mission three with one life, you only have one life and no continues for mission four. That's a bit annoying, but it, let, it prepares you the first three missions to kind of make your way through the game. It is definitely challenging some of the fights, but you have that cushion if you need it. The difficulty ramp up is pretty smooth. First mission, the enemies you face, and then once you get to mission three, it ramps up quite a bit. And then four, it gets a lot harder. But it's just a great progression all the way through. But I love it in co-op because you're just battling with a friend, right? And I get it now for beat-em-ups. For people who play beat-em-ups, I could never get through the first few stages. I, I just never understood how can you get there with one life bar? How do you guys survive that? But when you realize when you're playing these games, you got to find the certain moves and when to use them. Use them. It's very much a placement of your sprites. When you're playing Double Dragon the Master System, you want to bob and weave a bit to avoid getting jump kicked by the enemies, for example. You want to know that the way the AI moves, you can kind of predict the way it moves if you watch carefully enough and you kind of understand how the game works. Picking that game apart this past year to try and get my time down, because I was trying to stream it for um, Retro Block Party. And originally when I played it, it took me an hour and 10 minutes to beat it, which is too long. So I wanted to get it down. And I just played it over and over again. And I just got such a groove learning the ins and outs of that game. And I can do it now in 30 minutes, no problem. Wow. It's gotten to the point where I love playing that game so much. And I can just sit down and relax playing it. I've started speedrunning it in my off time. I hate speedrunning. <laughs> I'm not a speedrunner, ever. Who are you? I know. Who am I? It's like I'm not a Jake. <gasps> But it's, I actually want to speedrun this game. Like, it, it's just, there's no glitches. Well, there's a couple. But it's not like your, you know, your your zips and weird screen tricks like some speedrunning games. 
Double Dragon is just a straight, you got to play it, and you got to play it well. You need to know what moves to use and how to position yourself with the AI. It's just as true a game as you can get. I love it. The end sequence is also especially noteworthy if you're playing co-op. Well, I guess the spoilers, but the Nintendo version, you know, for <laughs> a 30-year-old game. The end of the Nintendo game, uh, you beat the, I don't know, what Big Ugly with the machine gun. You then face your brother. Is it Bimmy? I guess his name is. And that's, he's the end Jimmy. boss, and he's super cheap. In the Master System version, if you play co-op, after you beat the guy with the machine gun, you must beat your brother to death. Your co-op becomes one-on-one, and that's who wins the game. Uh... The first time that happened, my friend and I were dying laughing when one of us won, the other one died. It was just hilarious that you're playing co-op for four missions, and you get to the end, and you got to beat on your partner. It's just hilarious. It's great. <laughs> And like I don't think any other beat 'em up game has done quite that. I thought that was pretty unique. That's quite a twist ending for an NES, or you know, for an eight bit game, not yeah. NES's yeah. Master System. But still, that's 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 pretty cool. I want to play it now because when you take it, it's a platforming thing that sounds like a whole lot more appealing. <laughs> yeah, I might go back visit this one. Yeah, and you have all your moves from the beginning. You can do the elbows and drop kicks all right from the get go, and it's it's fine. Like the Nintendo one is not a bad game. It's fine. I, I, I do like it, but the Master System one for me just really has that nostalgia bell. It just rings it really clear. It reminds me of the arcade game. The music is there. The gameplay is there. It's a fun co-op game. And I've played it so much this year that I've actually started speedrunning it. And I've never, ever said that word with my name in a sentence before. <laughs> so for me, it, it's the clear game of the year for me, just in how much I've enjoyed that retro title. I think wow. the only thing I dislike about what I've seen of that game, that version, is that the coffee mug fists aren't quite as prominent. That's it. <laughs> and that's a big, pretty key criteria in our 8-bit games. It is for me. That was the third video game I've ever played. It's high in my regard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that will do it. That is, of course, the game of the year for us, not just retro, modern 2, or anything between. The yeah. new to us All over game the of the year titles for Press B 2019. I think this is something we're going to make a tradition. Maybe not as many drinks and Jake before he does it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, well, I thank everybody who's here. Polish, where can everybody find you? You can find me here. And every now and then I do stream on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Polish109. So it's P-A-L-S-H-109. And Werewolf, where can folks find you? They can find me on Twitch and Twitter. At Werewolf, W-A-R-E-W-U-L-F-F. And GP is so stunned about my selection for my personal game of the year. He is speechless. You can find him at The Retro Therapy on Twitch.tv or search The Retro Therapy over on YouTubes. I think he's on Instagram and Twitter, too. You'll see him around. He streams a lot. He's a good guy. Mind the coughing. But we love him. <laughs> and I'm Sick Jake. You can find me on Twitch mostly... Mostly Twitter, just like everybody says, just right here. Here on Press B to Cancel, it's been a hell of a year. Here's to another year going forward. Thank you, everybody. Thank you all for listening. Cheese pizza. Kick 2020 death. <laughs> <laughs>